0: Hey, Jesse Paul Smith here, My Creative District Podcast. And in this episode, I sit down and have a conversation with Mike Sea rock who's the CEO of People Building Inc. and the powerhouse behind the What Are You Made Of movement. Now, this guy is a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, and visionary and thought leader. He's actually been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020. This guy is an absolute beast. Not only has he been highly successful in the mortgage division, but has helped countless of his clients get results that they are ranting and raving about. Now, we sit here and talk about everything from the importance of getting aligned with your values, how to stop being stuck and why Rocket Fuel is so essential in becoming successful. We talk about his latest book, Rocket Fuel. You're not gonna wanna miss this episode. Let's get right to it.
1: Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District Podcast where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host Jesse Paul Smith.
0: All right, well, I'm super excited to have Mr. Mike C Rock here with me today on my Creative District podcast. We're going to dive into a lot of things. I'm excited to talk about mindset because I know Mike, you've you've done a lot of work with your clients around that. But I always want to get into some context here and you know, the entrepreneur journey is not for everybody. So uh, I would love to give some kind of like context on how did you get into, you know, being an entrepreneur? Uh, was
2: it something that you you saw your family do or, or what? where did this all come from? Yeah, first of all, Jesse, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I love to show gratitude at the beginning of the interviews, man. And thanks to the audience for showing up. Uh, you know, entrepreneurship to me, I just like to be the boss. <laughs> I like to be the cause. I like to lead people. But I work, you know, I have a mortgage division that I run for Nations Lending and I don't own that company. So, but I have other businesses that I've opened and all that. So I don't mind working for someone else as long as I have the autonomy to be able to do things and create a uh, culture, create, you know, values and run off of those values and help build people. So, but my grandfathers were both entrepreneurs. My, my dad had his own business. And so I just watched that growing up and realized, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to be.
0: Now you said something that I think uh, I want to dive into because you know there's this all in or all out mentality. Like I've gotta I've gotta be doing my own thing, and there's sometimes this this thought process. Like if I'm working for somebody else, uh, or I'm not fully invested in my you know my business or my platform, that I'm really not doing it to the full potential that I could be.
2: Talk to me about how you live in both worlds and you're comfortable being there. Cause you know, here's the thing. Like if I have my own company, I still work for someone, right? Like when you own your own company, you work for your employees and you work for your customers. So they're your boss, right? So that's how you do it, man. You just, no matter where you go, you're going to have to work for someone. It's just a matter of, if you want to be in, in, in the control of setting the, the mission, setting the core values, setting the tone, setting the vision. Uh, that's the difference because you don't always do that. When you work for someone else, you're not, you know, you, you're, you're choosing to go and be in alignment with their core values and their mission, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a matter of what you want to do. Do you feel like because you have that mentality? that it's
0: actually set you up to be more successful in your own ventures because you've been able to learn from people that have been successful?
2: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, what I learned mainly is that everybody needs to have a core mission, core values. And then then whenever they go work for someone or start their own thing, you got to make sure it aligns. So if you're working for someone else, you and, and, and it's for your audience that, that, you know, that are creators, I mean, and, and artists, you know, they need to make sure that they align with any jobs that they take, right? If like get on a set or work for someone that they just don't align with, that doesn't match with their, their, their core, there's going to be conflict and they're not going to get the results that they would want. They're not going to be fulfilled. So to me, it's all about alignment and making sure that everything's flowing in the right direction rather than having a salmon swimming upstream.
0: Talk about something that's
2: important.
0: You keep saying this word alignment and in order for you to be aligned, you have to know where you stand first. So When did you start to realize that that was really important
2: for you so that you could be successful? And then how did you do that? Well, I think for a long time, subconsciously, I knew that alignment's important. And I knew that when things weren't going right, there's something like, again, I said fish swimming upstream, right? But really over the last couple of years, I really started studying and being a student again and paying attention to people that were way more successful than me at this time or further along on their journey. And so in the last couple of years, I really started realizing why why that's important and how much better life is when you're aligned and, and people are aligned with you. And once I realized that and I feel the difference there, I feel how everything is put together, you, you just want to keep doing it. And then you want to share it with others because it's such a great uh, way to live life. So. So you, you talk like
0: First of all, in order for you to be aligned, like, was there like an activity or was there a bunch of questions that you asked yourself so that you knew like where your values were at? Because I just don't know if we hear the term values all the time, right? And I just don't know if we always
2: really take that time to understand what our core values are. No, most people don't. And I think it's important that people start looking up words and understanding definitions of words. I mean, communication is such a big part of our life. And communication, lack thereof, and bad, poor communication causes problems. And so in order to communicate properly, we need to understand what words mean. And too many people think that that's too uh, scholarly and it's just all about school and, oh, I know, I know, vocabulary in English in school, you know, this and that. It's, it's not, it's not that. that. That is a very, probably one of the most important things to be able to do is communicate properly. So I think it starts there and an understanding when I reason I said that is cause you need to know the definition of values. And so like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, like, you know, too good to not look up words. Right. So for example, the definition of uh, value, let's see values, uh, the regard that someone is held to deserve the importance, worth or usefulness of something. And then here's another one. This is the one that relates to what we're talking about. A person's principles or standards of behavior one's judgment of what is important in life. All right, so now we know we're clear on what values mean. So, okay, so then we got to figure out, okay, what is my principles or standards for my behavior or what is important to me? And then you sit, sit down somewhere quiet, not distracted, get rid of everything else and just think to yourself, let your thoughts go and sit there, Breathe if you have to, meditate. This is a great thing for meditation. And really think what's important to you. What do you value in life? Like value means like, what do you value, right? So like, what what could you do without and what could you not do without? And the things that you could not do without, you need to make sure that that's everything you think, do and say go towards what's important to you. And anything that comes your way that doesn't line with, what's important to you, you get rid of. And so I like this because it's simple and, it, and there's so much chaos and confusion in the world. You know, when you're trying to look for jobs and, and different gigs and things for the, the people that your audience, like it, it, your mind runs wild a lot of times. Am I doing the right things? Am I doing enough? Why didn't they like me? You know, you might go to an audition and then not get a call and, and you wonder like, what did I do wrong? You know, um, but all this stuff goes on in your head and none of that serves you serve you it should all the negativity should never serve anybody's purpose and so this thing where you get a value your values what's important to you and then you live your life yeah i hope that our audience really really grabs a hold of that because
0: (laughs) we live in a world that we're so hungry for the vision we're so hungry for the dream that we are willing to sell our soul to get this result that we think we want. And I think so many people underestimate how important it is for us to be, to be true to ourselves and be who we want to be as a person more than maybe getting to that job, maybe getting booked. as that, you know, getting that record deal, booking that TV show, whatever the deal is. And, and because we hear so many people that have reached a level of success that are miserable and I wonder, you know, I know you work with a lot of clients too yourself and, and are helping a lot of people with, you know, exploding their results. Do you see this as a as a really common issue that causes people to really be unhappy, even if they might be might have the money in the bank or might have the position that they want?
2: What causes people to be unhappy is they decide not to be un- not to be happy. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Like right now, I could be happy. Smile, say I'm happy. Or I could be sad. I could be angry. I just decide. People don't understand the power of their mind and the power of the control that they have over their mind. So that has nothing to do with happiness. Happiness is a choice and there's nothing more, nothing less to it. Now, fulfillment, being fulfilled with something, achieving something is a different story. And when you have your values and you go towards something and you accomplish something and being fulfilled, you know, that's, that's, a, that's something that you will find when you have a dream and you go after that dream that aligns with your core values and what's important to you and you achieve it, fulfillment comes, but happiness, man, happiness is right now. Like just decide to do it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful. I think that's a great distinction between fulfillment and happiness. Cause I think those words get muddied.
2: Yeah. Cause uh, if you're trying to, you're trying to wait for something to happen to be happy. And when that thing happens, what if you you, you you at that moment still don't decide to be happy, right? You have to decide to be happy. You know, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like there's days I get up and I'm just like, man, I don't feel like dealing with this shit today. <laughs> but then I snap and I remember, wait a minute, it's been my decision whether I feel like it or not. It's my decision whether to be happy. a smile real big and let's go. Do it anyway. Let's go. You know, so when people realize that and they start practicing it and they get in the habit of doing it, it it makes life so much better, man.
0: That's really good. So
2: I'm curious because I love to hear stories
0: about how, you know, strategies and concepts became real, because I really believe that you can't teach something very well with a lot of conviction and help other people get results consistently unless it's become real to you. So when did this understanding of, you know, values and alignment and, you know, decisions, mindset, like when was it, when did that stuff become a reality for you where you realize that it wasn't just woo stuff, right? But that this stuff really needs to happen and we need to apply this in order for my life to change.
2: Well, I watch people that I uh, admire and where it placed their, their further along the journey than I am. And I just watch what they do and I listen to what they say and what works for them. And, and so I'm like, okay, if that's what works for you, let me try it. You know, here's an example, like Grant Cardone, you know, he, he, he said a book that changed his life was Dianetics. Well, I go get the book, Dianetics. I read the book. You know, it's not, it's not complicated, man. I mean, think people just don't want to do some of the things that they need to do to be successful. So why not find the people that have already done it, go find out what they've done and then do what they've done. Now there's also times where you can find a better way, but why do you like, you don't need to do that first. Don't reinvent the wheel, do what it took for them to be successful first. And as you're going, if you see other things, you see opportunities to do something different, to be more successful, or maybe take it even further than they, they have do it. But at the end of the day, I just learn from people that are doing it and I just, I don't think much. I, and then that becomes real to me. When I see somebody making money that I want to make somebody accomplishing something that I want to accomplish or doing something I want to do. And I see it's because of this, then I go do this, you know, that's simple as that, man. And, and it's no more, no less than that. And then by the way, by the way, Jesse, when I have success with it and I start to see results, then it's like the rocket fuel thing, man, rocket fuel just poured on it and it goes like nuts.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I love that success leaves clues and where you start to see success double down on that. I think that's super important. Now I'm curious because I know you work with, you know, you work with clients from, from various walks of life and, and different, different businesses and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that you said was, you know, you need to make a decision and, and just do it right. What do you see is the biggest hindrance that keeps people from making a decision and how can they shatter that?
2: Uh, just do it like understand that, you know, anything that's happened great in my life has become from a decision that I made like that, you know, so to me, indecisiveness, when you add time, it fuels fear, fear fuels off of time. So if you uh, know your purpose, this is why there's steps to this. You got to get clear on what your purpose is, what your mission is in life. Once you get clear on that, you commit to it. Now, we use the word commit. That means bind. Bind means you don't, there ain't no other options, man. It's option A and there's no option B. And then you go towards that. And once you do that, then you know that when things come your way, you're allowed to make decisions quick because you know that if it aligns or it doesn't align. And if it doesn't align, you make the decision quick to not do it. And so that's how I do it, man. And that's what makes it easy. That's why top executives and CEOs and super successful people make decisions like that. They're not going to sit there and hem and haul and not sure I got to think about it. You know, that's not that's not how it rolls. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of these principles, they haven't changed over time. Napoleon
0: Hill was writing about this in his book, Think and Grow Rich, uh, you know, back in the 20s that, you know, he he realized that successful people make decisions quickly and they change them rarely, uh, or they change them slowly. Where people that are unsuccessful, they make decisions slowly, if at all, and they change them often. It, it really is something that I've seen because I'm I'm a big believer in mentorship. I learned that quickly when I kept doing things that got me bad results. Uh, I had to stop looking to myself for answers and start looking to other people. And so, want to want to kind of shift a little bit into you, you, you found mentors, you found people that, that you started to follow. And that also has put you into, um, camps with people that are super successful. So your book rocket fuel, uh, is forwarded by Grant Cardone, right? And let's talk about first and foremost, how you were able to get somebody like Grant Cardone to pay attention to you and, how that's opened doors for you now since then?
2: Well, first of all, I read the 10X rule a while back and that's what introduced me to the 10X movement, Grant Cardone and all the team. And when you take somebody's content and you have success with it and you tell them about the success and make sure they hear about it, obviously that validates them and their, their content, right? So I, that's what I did. I got my team involved on it. Uh, I have a, a company with about just under 40 employees. We got on board with it and it's changed everything. And then we share that information and we share our graphs and our stats with them. That gets attention. That's how you get your, get get eyes on you. And then you develop relationships inside of the organization. That's what I did. And then I just want to make it like, so I'm just doing what he taught me, by the way. So this isn't something I'm doing on this company that, you know, I I have an agenda. I just want to develop relationships and hang out with great people. Right. And in order to do that, you need to communicate with people. You need to spend time with people. You need to invest in people. And uh, you know from there, they, they hear your name all the time and you show up all the time, go to events all the time. And when you show up and you go to events and people see you over and over and over again, they can't help it. I'm not gonna be like, if I wanna accomplish something, Jesse, I don't sit back and wait for it to happen. I make sure it happens. Like I, people that know me know that I go out and get what I want. And it's just the way it is. And everybody can be like that. It's just a decision it's a level of commitment. And so I make sure that I was seen. I make sure that my name's heard. I'm on Clubhouse and I go somewhere and I, there's a stage to go on. I get on the stage and then I make sure I chime in and add value and edify people and make sure that my name is heard and I'm seen. And you know when you're a kid, you, you try to get attention and act up and all that to get attention and you get slapped on the wrist or in trouble. I, I just when you're an adult, that's that's a good thing to do.
0: Now I'm curious because I know that there is a strategy as well behind the getting known and getting seen and connecting with people. I think the tendency, especially uh, in today's day and age with social media is they're posting content all the time, which is a way to add value. But in the, you know, in the creative space, it's more about trying to get eyeballs on your talent. And I think that that is, uh, I think there's a little misguidedness there because it's all about it's all about the person instead of about the audience or about adding value to the audience. And so Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are the strategies you use to actually get people to not just see you or hear you, but to keep coming back time
2: and time again and start to pay attention to what you're doing? Well, I have to keep elevating. First of all, I have to keep going because when you first start out, nobody's looking at your shit, right? Nobody's seeing you, which is a good thing because you're not any good at first. (laughs) So Some people get upset when nobody's saying their stuff at first and uh, they don't understand that that's a good thing. (laughs) So I have to keep elevating and keep getting better. But at the end of the day, I just see what works for me. And then the people that I'm working with, I see the breakthroughs and what's working. And then I want to share that with people. So that's the way I think about it. And I'll think of an idea that I just saw like, wow, that works. Okay. Let me bring that to the table. And then I share it with people and then they get results. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to come back because he gave me value and it worked. And I want to come back and see what else he's got. And so, you know, that's, that's how it is. And, and, but I got to continue to elevate. It's not something that I can just stay stagnant and do the same old things all the time. I think that's
0: the, the, the biggest shift, right. Is, is going from being seen to adding value and what does that mean to add value right it's it's helping other people it's kind of like that old quote by Zig Ziglar right help enough people get what they want and eventually you're going to get what you want you have to have a heart to actually not just be a superstar for the sake of being a superstar but we're shifting in culture now where like people are done looking at the next flashy thing they're not they're not really interested in the the content so much as much as they're interested in how is that content actually helping me and i think in the creative space it's been so long where it's all about the flashy music video or the flashy content or whatever the deal may be that we forget and lose the you know lose the the sight that our audience needs help with something and how can we take what we have and help them with it
2: well i I don't know much about the creative um you know, for dancers and what have you, if, if you, I, I, I don't know. So I'm, 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 ignorant on the topic, but how much money you can actually make and how, how many people actually make good money in that business, or if it's more, more done because you like it and it fulfills something else inside of you, not money. You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. You would know more than I would, but I know that you cannot be in that game there and just thinking it, it's for the money. If most of the people in that business don't make a lot of money, by the way, fame doesn't get you, doesn't get you anything. I mean, like it's, it's fame plus something, right? Like look at all the reality TV stars. If they just had a reality TV show and they got known and they didn't do anything else with it, there's, there's nothing good from that. Matter of fact, it's probably worse, but you got to have fame plus something. And that's why in business, the thing, same thing, you, business, most of the time you have something and you don't have the fame or the attention, the celebrity of it. So you have your something, you go get attention. But in 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 people that are trying to get famous, they better have something first to go along with it, or there, it's nothing. Like one thing that people should pay attention to is people like Drake. You see, Drake had a hit song, had a hit album, then he has another one, then he has another one. DJ Khaled says, and another one, and his stuff. Like they do it over and over again. They keep elevating. They don't stop. And most people, when they hit a certain level, they think, "Wow, I made it," and they're so enamored by the fact that they made it to a certain level, they stop. They get complacent, comfortable, and they come crumbling down. So to me, it's like a relentless pursuit of your potential, like going after everything that you were given. And you don't know what your potential is. So you have no idea what your limits are. There's only limits that that, that we place on ourselves based on our experiences and the people around us. And so for any creatives out there that really want to accomplish something, the first thing you need to think about is taking all the limitations off and just dream, man. Like not daydream, but dream of where you really want to go. No limits. What was to the, be the, the best perfect situation? Don't, don't put any limits on it, like I said. And write it down and believe it and get really clear in their mind of it. Pay attention to the details, the granular details of it. And then from there, what would it feel like if you got there? Like how would it feel? You know, what, 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 what what emotions would go along with that and really feel it, man. Once you do that, you've planted the seed it's into the real world. And now it's a matter of time before it happens. So I I just, I I always, you know, I see people not thinking big enough so, so often and it's a shame. And I I just, none of us think big enough. You know, I might be thinking bigger than most people, but that's not even big enough probably.
0: Yeah. I I love that. We talk, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of this concept. I am. And right. Because I think so many people they're like, I'm a dancer or I'm a singer or I'm a, you know, recording artist, whatever the creative space that they live in. And we have seen, you know, the stars before us, how they did it. And so oftentimes we put ourselves in a box and we limit what it's got to look like. You might be a dancer and you might love dancing, but just because you love dancing doesn't mean you'll only be fulfilled as you're talking about fulfilled dancing in a music video or being in a movie. There's a there's a bunch of different ways that you can use your passion combined with something else. What other skill set do you have? What other things do you have in your arsenal that you can utilize so that you can create a platform and and touch a lot of people, you know, change a lot of lives that way and and I think we we, I love this thing that you're talking about. Take the limits off. Just sit back and take the limits off. Cause I think we do that too often.
2: Well, not only that, just don't be identified as that one thing. Like I'm C-Rock. I'm C-Rock. I do a lot of things that all filter through my mission, which is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. A lot of stuff branches off from that mortgage company, coaching, right. Consulting tech company, podcast, author, family, man, husband, father, You know, like that's all stuff that branches off of the C-Rock. So I made a mistake in the past where when I was in the mortgage business back in the day, I was identifying as a division manager for a mortgage company. And I ate, slept, breathed it. And when it happened, that company actually crumbled because the ownership did some things. And then I was left there, like lost my identity because I was, I identified as that one thing. So yeah, man, like get, get your name, get your whatever, that's who you are. And then your core purpose or mission. And from there, everything that you do is a branch of that core mission. I want to tap into that a little bit. Let's talk about the, the, I lost my identity. I
0: think I can, I can identify with this because, you know, I, my first taste of Hollywood was in 2005, 2006, came out to LA, had some success. And then um, I didn't have the mindset to be able to handle it, to be able to navigate through some of the challenges, ended up finding myself back you know, in Wisconsin. Uh, and I lost my identity because I thought, okay, I'm not out in Hollywood anymore. I'm back in Wisconsin where there's no quote unquote dance culture. So obviously my life is over. Who am I now? And I struggled to really bounce back from that. I'm curious, what what did you have to do or what did you learn to be able to bounce back from this? Because I think this is something that our audience would really value, uh, get some value from.
2: I just vowed when I was going through that moment that I would never ever do that again. I would never feel like that again. And I found out that who am I? What am I made of? <laughs> what are you made of? And real, I realized that I'm um, who who I am. I started branding Sea Rock, and so really, if you can avoid making that mistake, great. That's the best thing to do because we, you and I, both made the mistake. But if you made the mistake and then you're trying to figure out let's say you haven't had the situation where you lost the thing that you identify with, start adding things, start with yourself, start with your core mission. And then from there, add branches off of that core mission. That's it. I mean, and and understand that no matter what happens, you're not at the end until you die. So just figure it out. Like go start, start right now. You know, it's that simple. There's just no, there's no thing set in stone, you know? So yeah
0: that and and you gotta you gotta open your eyes up to other possibilities. i I, I love that. let's let's talk a little bit about your book, Rocket Fuel. um, I, I love the concept behind it. Um, but I wanna, like first of all, where did you get the concept for the book, and why did you feel like it was necessary for you to write it?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in a broken home. I don't remember my parents together, and growing up, there was a lot of broken people, man, drug addicts, alcoholics mental issues, suicide. I mean, you name it. Right. So I witnessed all this growing up and I just, I I always thought to myself that it doesn't have to be this way. Like all these people are telling me why they're doing this stuff. Why that, that, you know, they're experiencing this and they're all just telling themselves a bunch of bullshit in their head to justify what they're doing. I didn't buy the bullshit. So, um, I lived with my dad for, when I was eight to eleven after leaving my mom's house because she was moving on to her third marriage and I just didn't want to move into another man's house <laughs> and learn another man's rules. So I lived with my dad from eight to eleven, and he was moving on to a second marriage, and everything was great at first, but then for some reason there was some conflict with the parents. They would fight. Um, my stepmom and mom, my dad, and then all that stuff was happening above us kids, and it would pour down on us. And a lot of that was poured out on me, abuse. Uh, threats. I used to sleep with my baseball bat at night when I was about nine years old, because I was, you know, from what I was hearing, I was scared. I mean, I, I wasn't secure in the situation. And so uh, at some point I decided that it wasn't the, the life I wanted to be in. And I didn't, that wasn't normal. You know, a lot of times you're in an abusive situation. You deal with it every day. You're just like, oh, well, I guess I'm supposed to deal with this. But I realized that I wasn't. And I decided to get out of there. My mom filed court papers and for custody. And she said, if I do this, you need to stick to your guns because they're going to try to talk you out of it. And I can't be left hung out to dry, paying money for court paper, lawyer, and all that. So I need your help. Stick to your guns. Do not flip-flop. I said, all right, got it. So my dad got served court papers one day, came home from school. My dad was my hero, had a bricklaying company, poured concrete, block, had big forearms and rough hands. And I always looked up to him for as hard a worker as he was. And he used to carry this wad of $100 bills around in his pocket with a rubber band around it. And I, I just thought that was the coolest thing. He used to show us the $100 bills all the time. Well, when he got these court papers, he wasn't real happy. And he you know, he said, I don't understand why you would want to leave here. You have everything you need here. Your mom doesn't have any money. She's on to her third marriage. Why would you want to go into that? And I just stuck to my guns. And I said, I don't want to discuss it. He obviously couldn't see what was going on with the abuse. Or maybe he didn't, didn't think it was as bad. I, I don't know, but. So I confirmed that I wanted to leave and he takes that wide $100 bills out, peeled one off, crumpled it up and then said, here, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day and threw it at me. And a spark was lit at that moment that I've lived off for 30 some years driving off of that, that I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to need that money. I'll show you. And so everything I did, man, I tried to be the best at it, like sports, school, work. I just tried to go hard, be the most valuable of everything that I did making sure that when I did get a a wife, that I would be the best husband I possibly could be, the best father, everything I did, because there's no way that I would let him win. So when things got tough, I would remember that incident. When things are going good, I would want to take it to the next level. I would remember that incident. And so rocket fuel to me is to take everything that comes your way, that would slow you down or stop you. You store it in your fuel tank instead of your trunk, where most people keep the stuff and weighs them down. And you use it and convert it into rocket fuel for your future to become unstoppable, which takes you into outer space, figuratively, of course, away from gravitational pull, suppressors, negativity, chaos, confusion. I want to be in outer space, away from all that, because then you then you're good. You don't need you don't need all the fuel, and that's what it's all about, man. It's it's becoming unstoppable by taking everything that would stop you and using it as fuel. Man, this is this is a. Uh... I think this is such a valuable concept because I
0: too many times people allow trauma or allow what you're talking about is is trauma, right? That's a way that's a way that people will put it right now. And they kind of use their environment or where they were brought up or the situation that they were in to be an excuse for why they can't. And, you know, with this concept with rocket fuel, you're flipping that whole concept on its head and saying, this is going to give you the fuel to show you that you can. And to, to, to give you that push. And so how have you seen that concept, not just work for you, but how is that being utilized now by, by your clients and, and what kind of results are you helping people see that maybe we're being uh, held back by the,
2: the same excuses that we were just talking about? Well, let's take it through something. So, let's say uh you, I don't know what scenario you want to use. Give me a setback that you've had in in the past, maybe in the recent past. So, let's let's talk about my my
0: setback with with, you know, Hollywood. Came home, uh looked like a failure because I came with my tail between my legs. I moved out of the industry I was trying to get in, so I felt like, you know, I I was washed up. I couldn't, I couldn't make it anymore.
2: Okay. So first of all, you, you care what people think. Cause you said you look like a failure. Never worry about what people think, what other people think is in their head. That's for them to worry about. You should be more concerned with how people experience you. That's what I do. I don't worry about like, if somebody hates on me, this, I don't give a shit, man. Look, when you're around me, I will make you feel unstoppable and I'll teach you how to do it so that you can go after what you want. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when you've experienced a setback, the first moment that you feel a setback, usually you get a feeling like in your chest. It's like, oh, man, it sucks. It's not a good feeling. What you need to do as quickly as possible while you still have that feeling, it's fine, is, okay, acknowledge that there's something that happened that wasn't what you expected. Know that it's for you and not against you. You just don't know it yet because there's a grand bigger plan. And then immediately, as fast as possible, look for opportunity. Too many people wait, they wallow in it. They play victim. They wait three, six months, a year, look back. Oh, that's why that happened. I can see that now. And they wasted all this time for opportunity that they could have found. So that's the first, that's the the first part of it. The other thing is, is that if you don't have your core mission or core values and, and you're filtering things through it and you have a setback, it's very difficult to see why things are happening very difficult. But when you do have your core mission, your core values, and then you have something that goes against what you thought should, should happen, you can find opportunity a lot quicker. You know, like I I had a situation where, um, a lady didn't show up for, for a, a call. Right. And I'm on there with another guy. We're supposed to talk to this lady. She didn't show up. Well, guess what? There was something that happened the day before that we needed to get done. And we were pressed for time. And then now this lady didn't show up, which would have been a setback in a way, but we're like, Oh, well, this just gives us time to get the thing done. We need to do because we got to hurry up and get this thing done based on what happened yesterday. You see? So there's all different kinds of ways to look at it, but really here's a, here's an example. If you're in a room in the room you're in right now, and you're facing the direction you're facing and you take a picture, then you go to the exact opposite side of the room, turn around and take a picture of what I'm looking at right now put those pictures side by sides they would look different wouldn't they but but it's the same exact room different picture so in your life you can do that at any time take a picture from each side of the situation and change your perspective and you change your life
0: i love that i love that so if people right now are are struggling and you know they're they're we've talked about values we've talked about alignment we've talked about Rocket fuel and, and how you take these setbacks and actually use them for fuel to, to catapult your life, if you got somebody that's, that's stuck uh, right now, because I think you know, we're still coming out of this pandemic that has caused people to get stuck, and there's still people that are stuck, right? How does somebody get unstuck so that they can start taking steps to, you know realize the opportunities that are right in front of them? right now.
2: Well, right away, it's uh, people aren't stuck, first of all, they're telling themselves they're stuck. It's a story that they're telling themselves. It's what they see as the truth right now, which is not actually the real truth. It's just the truth that they're telling themselves right now. and they're justifying why they're not advancing or why they're not seeing the results they expected to see, and they say they're stuck. It's just a story. They got to change the story that they're telling themselves immediately get out of that as quickly as possible. If you're listening to this and you said you're stuck recently, get out of it as quickly as possible. Right now, switch the story up, take a picture from the different side of the room and then start taking steps towards your ideal life. Get clear. Okay, I'm going to give you three C's. Get clear, clarity. Get clear on your ideal life. If a genie gave you a lamp or I'm sorry, he came out of the lamp and gave you unlimited wishes, what would you want? No limits. Get clear on it. Write it down. From there, Commit. And I'm not saying halfway commit, three quarters of the way commit, commit, bind it. Commitment is a binding thing. There's no plan B. It's only plan A, burn the ships, got to go forward. All right. So clarity, commit. And the final C is consistency. Consistent actions towards that ideal life. Consistent actions towards ideal life, even when you don't feel like it, even when it's difficult, you continue to move forward towards ideal life. If you don't feel like it, do it anyway. Because here's the thing. Commitment is more important than the way you feel. So commitment is greater than feelings. And once you get that and realize it, dude, you got it. You're, you're, you're not stuck. It's all a story.
0: I love that. I love that. Change, uh, change your story, change your story. Cause I think that's, uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of people that are struggling with that feeling. Um, and the best thing about a feeling is you have the power over your feelings. You can change a feeling.
2: Whoa, hold up. I don't mean to cut you off, Jesse, but they're struggling cause they're say they're struggling. You follow me? It's a thing that they're telling themselves. And if it's you, you're telling yourself that, you know, and, and, and again, you're struggling with your feelings. Your feelings don't matter. Your feelings don't matter. You, what matters is the three C's. I just went over with you. And if you do this, it'll change your life and you'll have the ideal life that you want and you'll be going towards it. And you can smile and be happy because you'll have hope because you're going towards your ideal life, but you got to stop talking to yourself about struggles and being stuck and, Oh, it's hard. And, all that other, dude, all that stuff is, doesn't serve your mission. It doesn't serve you. Nobody wants to be stuck. Nobody wants to struggle. So stop talking about struggling and being stuck. Talk about what serves you. If it doesn't serve you, eliminate it.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good.
2: All right, so we've talked about
0: having the life that you want. First, it talks, we talked about taking action. You got to take action. Another thing is, is, C-Rock talked about following people that have results that you want. So here's what I'm going to tell you right now, you need to, if this message has resonated with you at all, you need to go and follow this man, C-Rock, and start listening to what he has to say to help you start taking action because he's helping people get the results they want by working with his clients. Not only is he successful in his mortgage business, but in helping clients get results. So C-Rock, where can they find you so they can learn more about you?
2: yeah mikecrock.com mikecrock.com and also on instagram at mikeycrock m-i-k-e-y-c-r-o-c all
0: right well we'll definitely go and put a link to that in the show notes we'll also put a link to rocket fuel i highly recommend you go check out his book and uh, consume it uh because this whole concept of rocket fuel is something that i have seen many successful people utilize to help them get to where they want to go and uh C-Rock, man, I just really appreciate you taking the time and uh, having this conversation. I know my audience is going to get a ton of value from it.
2: Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate you having me, man.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.